When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined by Ali Moreno and Stevie Nicol. Lots coming up. Frank and Nadal will be here to reflect on a busy day for the Manchester clubs in the Premier League. But we'll kick things off in La Liga. Barca beating Villarreal by one goal to nil. The only goal of the game coming in the 18th minute. Lovely finish from Pedri to give Barca another victory. What a run they're on at the moment. And because of Real Madrid's involvement in the Club World Cup, they are now... 11 points clear at the top of the table. For more on this, let's welcome in Sid Lowe. Sid, Barca can win La Liga, aren't they? I think that was the key point that Gemma made before the game. Oh, where's the your microphone, Sid? Your points. microphone's falling down. My microphone is... That's oh, <laughs> great. Professional. Professional. This is fusty. <laughs> right, if let's try again, the, Sid. The, the, the kind of the mix of cables. Yeah. They're, they're no, going to win exactly La Liga, the aren't they? That, that, well, I think that's a, a pretty bold statement, but I think actually it's a statement that obviously right now makes sense. Uh, I think it was a key point that, that Gemma made before the game, and as you've just picked up on, that this is a team that has got really, really good away results at really difficult places to go, and in theory at least has the second half of the season, not necessarily easy, but but easier, and this was the last of the really, really tough away games. For those who, who, don't, who don't know, Spanish football always has a season in two halves, so in other words, you get to the halfway point and you have played everyone once. There's not a mix of fixtures. So now it is everybody to come. And most of the really tough ones at the Camp Nou, which puts them in a very advantageous position. And I think they've just found themselves now in a position where they compete really well. Even in those games where they don't play particularly brilliantly, they compete really well. And, and that 11-point lead, look, it'll probably be eight points on Wednesday uh, because Real Madrid will almost certainly beat Elche. But that eight-point lead is very, very significant. They're the kings of 1-0, Ali. Mm. We've seen this, obviously, since the Spanish Super Cup, they've come back. And we've seen this kind of pattern occur where they're not playing particularly well, but they get over the line, which Stevie will tell you is a sign of a championship-winning side. And... So today, offensively, they weren't that great. They didn't create that many opportunities. And whatever they did create, Lewandowski didn't put them away or Rafinha didn't put them away. Whatever chances they were able to create, you didn't see that productivity from Barcelona. But that, I think, is missing the point as to what Barcelona is right now. And we have to come to terms with it. Barcelona have allowed seven goals this far into the season. They've only allowed seven goals in La Liga. It tells you how good they have been defensively. And whenever they haven't been great defensively, Ter Stegen is made safe. And more importantly, when you see performance, individual performances like the one that you saw from Ronald Araujo today, you begin to believe that Barcelona and playing well defensively is a priority. Mm. You're seeing a guy who's celebrating as, as if he's scoring goals when he's making a sliding challenge. Now, in big picture, is that significant? Well, not really, but when you consider that the whole team is buying into the idea of defending well together, and you're seeing the results that you just mentioned, one nothing, one nothing, one, one nothing, you know you're good enough to score at least one goal in the game. Barcelona because of the talent that you have available. And if you back that up with being a team that defends as well as they have, consistently as well as they have, this is why Barcelona right now are 11 points ahead. Do you know what's really strange? When you look at that team mm. on paper, 
The first thing that comes to your mind is, ooh, I'm not so sure about the defence. Mm. But I'll tell you what, I like, I like what they've got going forward. And actually, they're winning games upside down. Yes. Defence is fantastic and they can't score to save their life. <laughs> How's that? Well, they, they obviously can score just the one goal today. How impressed were you with that Pedri goal, Stevie? It's the, it's, it's the awareness. You know, it's his first touch. He plays a lovely little one too, but then his first touch just sets him up to, to put it where he wants. And he, and he takes it before the keeper gets set. Reyna has no time to get his feet set, to even try and figure out where it might go. I mean, you see, look, watch the goalkeeper. He has absolutely no idea. He doesn't even make an attempt, because he has no idea where it's going to go. But guess who? Pedri, he knows exactly what he's doing. And to be able to do what he's doing at his age, it's just, it's just incredible. Next up, said, oh, mm. hey, mm. Yeah. Mm. Manchester United in the Europa League. <laughs> yeah, and of course, this is this is a big test for Barcelona, and it's a big test, I think, for, for a kind of a, a sense of just how good they really are. Because we've talked a lot about this defensive stability, whether they're part of that has been obviously some of it has been Ter Stegen, by the way. You look at the expected goals against them this year, and it's double what they've actually conceded. So there's been really, really big key moments when he has saved them. But certainly, the last five or six weeks, I think we've seen really strong defensive performances, and maybe the test is is you know is this about Barcelona being really good? And I think United. Will, will, will show that because if you look at the statistics of course Barcelona's defensive record in, in La Liga is fantastic as you've mentioned 16 clean sheets now 7 goals conceded all season 3 of those 7 by the way in the Clasico but go and have a look at their, their statistics in Champions League they're awful mm. they've conceded lots of goals in Champions League now is that about the Champions League is it about a series of other factors now I think it's important to note that in the Champions League, in at least some of those games, in virtually all of them, they had at least one of their main three defenders missing. So you've had Araujo out, you've had Kunde out, and you've had Christensen out, and you have those three back now. And I think it's a shift in, in, in approach as well. Essentially three central defenders, and then the other defender is maybe a little bit looser, and they're very tough, they're very athletic, they read the game well, they cover very quickly, and I think United will be a very different type of test, and maybe we'll get a sense of whether this is a really good Barcelona team or not. Can't wait. I can't wait for this time. Yeah, and it's both teams. Shut up, Stevie. You love the Europa oh, League, here we don't go. you? Oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> what about the history of the club, Stevie? <laughs> now, the, the, here's the thing, though. Both teams come into the match playing well and confident yep. and, and, and feeling good about themselves and truly believing in what they're doing on the field with an identity, with a plan in place. So it should make for a very fun game, both from Barcelona's perspective and Manchester United's perspective. You don't care about it, you see. Uh, thank you very much, Sid. Very professional, as always. Thank you, thank you for being with us. Frankie O'Reilly. Very much a pleasure. Uh, yes, uh, Real Madrid, as mentioned, play that game in hand then against Elche on Wednesday at the Santiago Bernabeu. Real Madrid going to that side, of course. Big favourites at the, on the bottom of the table side. That game live on ESPN+. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Right then, Manchester City against Aston Villa. Quite the week off the pitch for City. Looking to maybe put on a show on it and Rodri would open the scoring here. Not bad. Yeah, it's, it's a great ball and he's attacked it and he's stuck it away. Uh, Erling Haaland then. Wouldn't get on the score sheet in this game, but would set up the ball nicely here for Gundogan at the far post. It's my kind of range, Stevie. Hey, play the ball in behind. He's going to cause some problems. Yes! Hey! Yes, it's a defensive mistake, but you are forcing that mistake because you're willing to play that ball in behind to Erling Haaland. Tapping from Gundogan. Uh, and then Jack Grealish wins the penalty here. I mean, he goes down pretty theatrically, but it is a, it is a clip and it is a penalty. Hey, Mares. Not Haaland uh, taking the penalty. Uh, Villa will get one back in the second half. And in the end, uh, Manchester City then with that victory uh, by three goals to one. And boy, does that set up quite the clash mm. against Arsenal midweek. Because if City win that, they'll be level on points now with Arteta's side. Uh, for more on City, uh, let's welcome in Frank Buff is with us, as is Nader Manua. I was told that both gentlemen were checking their microphones uh, before they oh, came that's on. Good. So that's good. That's nice. yeah. professional. Yeah, exactly. Nice to see, see some professionalism yes. at last. Nader, all's well in the City world again. Yeah, of course, you know, it's been a nice quiet week and then you just play a game, nothing to really stress about, nothing happening. But yeah, I think from the lineup that was put out today, I think a lot of City fans were very much at ease because they, they were seeing someone like a Ruben Diaz, someone like a Laporte, they had Bernardo Silva, Gundogan, De Bruyne, all the main characters were out there. You know, barring Phil Foden, like most of those players are the ones who've seen them do so well across the last few years. So I think there was a sense of anxiety thinking, how's the team going to perform? Because Arsenal obviously dropping two points yesterday. The pressure was kind of on City to try and capitalise in the same in the way that they didn't do in the last week. But they went out there, they played exceptionally well, scored very early, which is always going to settle the, the nerves down quite a lot. And I think obviously it finished 3-1 well with Aston Villa scoring in the second half, but City had that game. Scored more goals, it felt like they could have done that. And there were some real strong positive performances from that, from that game today. And I think going into the game on Wednesday, it's not to say they'll be supremely confident because it is a way and that it will be a very hostile environment going to the Emirates. But you saw some players be in good form, score some goals, and yeah, apart, apart from the Erling Haaland injury, you know, I think the, the mood is very positive given how tough the start of the week was for a lot of those people associated with the football club. It was the best we've seen City play for a while, Frank. Yes, definitely. Uh, I, I, I love the enthusiasm the players put in on the field, and uh, there is one lesson to, uh, to get out of it. It's for me that uh, De Bruyne has to play. Mm. Gudogan has to play. They didn't play last time, you know. Uh, they lead the, the team, they create actions, they give the ball to Alan, they give the ball to Grealish, they give the ball to Mares. They served uh, the team very well and they also worked defensively. And I found the team very much more balanced than the last game. So uh, even 
if they are tired, even if they're not as good as they should be, they for me in indispensable to to that team. And uh, and uh, Guardiola has to take uh, uh, has to take um, how do you say? He has to, to to learn from that because for for me it's obvious that they have to play. Seems simple, doesn't it? Play your big players when you need result. <laughs> well, as far as as far as going forward is concerned, yes. Because you score three goals, yep. you can't be disappointed. You create other chances, you can't be disappointed. But if I'm Arsenal, I'm looking at what's going on with the back line. The goal they lost tells you all you need to know. Right. I mean, City just don't have anybody who can sniff danger before it happens. You know, the fact... But Ruben Diaz is that man, isn't he, surely? We saw that a couple of seasons ago. Hold on a sec. Did you see the goal they lost no, today? No, I know, but it, he well, that, should... Well, that's my point. He should have that role, shouldn't he? That, that's the attribute he should bring. Should. Woulda, shoulda, coulda. Right. That's the problem. Until it happens. And then all of a sudden, Pep's thinking about it. I mean, if I'm Arsenal, I'm absolutely... And I'm at home. I'm absolutely going to squeeze the life out of them and make a mistake. Get the Win the ball in their half... And and in my opinion, Arsenal Arsenal could could really cause them a lot of problems. I, yeah, but I absolutely TV. think Arsenal's going to going to cause them so many problems in this game because Manchester City at the back, even when they're playing out now, you know, gone gone are the silky, subtle, easy ways they get out from the back. The amount of times that they're a hairbreadth away from somebody getting the ball or somebody intercepting the ball. I find incredible. And as much as we're talking about today, they were good going forward, I think the back line is absolutely suspect big time. Uh, go on, Frank. Yeah, I, I agree with Stevie in a way that if, if Manchester City plays at three at the back, yeah, that's going to be uh, open to dangers. But I think uh, Guardiola showed the last uh, 10 minutes of the game when uh, Aki came on that uh, I think against the Gunners, he's going to play at four at the back. And he's going to secure that uh, part of the field uh, from his uh, from his team. But otherwise, you know, um, offensively, as says Stevie, you know, they have so many choices that they can use. Um, I was happy to see Foden, even if it was only for 10 minutes. But I want to see the, the young guy very soon back to his best. But defensively, they won't play with Walker, Diaz, and Laporte on the uh, 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 three at the back. It's impossible against the Gunners. I think that I think the point that you're making, though, Stevie, is that. When they lose the ball, how far apart those defenders are and how there's no recognition that we're getting pressure, there are numbers around the ball, maybe we tuck inside, maybe we cover the top of our 18-yard box and force, if indeed we make a mistake, force that these players have to go on the outside first and we recover and we're able to cover the ground. Their positioning, and I think it's by design in the way that they like to build out of the back, by design, they're spread wide open. Right. If they lose the ball, there are holes everywhere. So now it's a premium on the quality of your possession. You cannot lose balls in those areas because if you do, the way yeah. that you're structured, you cannot defend properly. Yeah, it's, All risk, it's risk and reward. Yeah. It's what he's doing. Because I'm sure Pep knows that. Right. But he's basically saying to every man on the field, when we have the ball, you better get yourself open and get in a position where we can get the ball. And when you do that... That's what happens when you, do, when you see Ollie Watkins today. Uh, all the roads seem to be leading to Arsenal City, so let's discuss that. Stevie says City don't have a chance with this defence. So it'll be good <laughs> Arsenal bet then, uh, two to one, uh, to get the victory. Some of that. Nadem. Nadem, what a match. This is so much at stake. It's exciting, isn't it?
Yeah, it certainly is. And I think it's going to be a fantastic game of football because you can sort of picture how the storylines will be after the game, depending on the result. I think for this young Arsenal side, if they manage to get a win, this could be the most significant win of their whole season. Whereas for City, if they do it, you know, regardless of performance, and it's like, oh, the old dog finds a way to do it again. You know, so it's going to be incredible. And I think the fact that it's at the Emirates is going to be really interesting because that crowd, yeah. this is a chance for them to sort of make City the true villain. I think for some of the players that will be on the field for City that day, they need to be able to manage that moment. And in fairness to them, for the last few years, they have done that. Maybe when they've been going to Anfield and places such as that, so it's going to be a fantastic environment, fantastic game to watch. And I think if it's anything to go like last year, City ended up winning that with a goal from Rodri in the last minute. And that game itself felt like a robbery. And that's when City were in a far better position and Arsenal weren't in as good a spot as they are today. So I think going into this game now, there is a sense of nervousness, I think, with some of my Arsenal friends at least, because they've seen that they've not been winning as comfortably as say they have done in recent times. But now here's the big match. And this could really mean everything. Could actually mean everything. But... You know, you just don't know which way it's going to go. The odds are set that way because you think City know how to win, but then it's Arsenal's side. What an opportunity to do it at home, to make a statement and truly potentially push on between now and the end of the season. Uh, as Mnada mentioned before, Pep Guardiola said that Haaland is a doubt going into that game on Wednesday. How do I phrase this question without sounding like an idiot? Oh, here we go. Good luck. <laughs> you don't know. You don't normally <laughs> How much of a difference make it is not having Haaland? I think if Haaland was playing for any other team, it would be a lot bigger. The fact is that Pep will do one of his... Well, he'll probably put the Argentinian up front. Right. Julian Alvarez. Alvarez. Alvarez, yes. <laughs> I wasn't going to try and get his name wrong. That, that's, that's OK. So I think it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. But if he, <laughs> but if he decides to go elsewhere, he can do what he did last year. That, that dumbfounded us all by playing somebody like Phil Foden as a, as a false nine. So... Yes, you want them, but I, I don't think it changes that much. Wow. Wow. If, but if, if he's available, if he's indeed healthy enough to play, use today's game as a lesson in, in, in that it doesn't have to be a perfect pass. It doesn't have to be a perfect ball. Just put a ball in behind and this guy is going to cause chaos, regardless of who's defending him. Prior to the second goal, there's a play in which they just play a ball over the top. He gets on a, on a pushing match with, with the defender, challenges for the ball, gets to the ball right when Emiliano Martinez gets there. It's a goal. They call it off because of a foul. But you can sense how much chaos he can create by just putting a ball in behind and allowing him to run onto it. So if his fit, use that. Part of the reason as to why it wouldn't be such a big deal is because they don't even use him. They don't really use... Erling Haaland properly. They don't use him in behind. They don't serve in the ball into the box. So in that regard, I guess you could make the case that it wouldn't be a big deal. I think it's still a big deal because he's one of the best strikers in the world. Nadam, not the end of the world? Uh, you're just trapping me. And it is it's such a crazy question. I think because we've seen them do as well as they have done in previous seasons without a central striker, then you know that they can do it. But I think in this game in particular, given how aggressive Arsenal are in terms of their style of play with the press... But I think having Haaland is a big boost because he could be someone who could help them gain territory. Because at some point, I think in the, in the last time they played in the FA Cup, the Arsenal were kind of man-to-man -man all across the field. And I think Ortega ended up playing a lot of balls up to Haaland. And I think that target man, target man rather, could be something which is really important to them in that hostile environment. Don't play into Arsenal's hands. 
And I think if they want to be able to have a way to sort of manage that pressure, I think Haaland is going to be key. Obviously, his goals will matter. But I think the other side of his game could be crucial when it comes down to handling that environment and handling the tactics that I think Arsenal will throw at City in that game. Here's, here's the thing, right? Listen, we, if I'm the manager of City, I want him playing. If I'm a City fan, I want him playing. Don't, don't get me wrong. If I'm Saliba and Gabriel, right, I would think they would find it easier to mark Haaland than they will Alvarez. Why? That, well, because they, they're going to be looking for Alvarez. No. They're going to be looking for Alvarez. Well, why wouldn't they be looking for Haaland? Well, because they, they won't have to look far. Well, no, I'm telling you, they know exactly where he is. He's not three Frank, foot. Frank, you, you, you play against big strikers, or would you play against, like, a, a Tony Cotty, a guy who you don't see is in, completely invisible until the ball's in and around the box, and all of a sudden you're looking for him, and you can't find him. So how's he got 25 goals this season, Haaland? Well, you're not listening to what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just telling you that Saliba and Gabriel, in some ways, would rather be picking up Haaland because they know where he is all the time. Frank? Uh, I would have to disagree because of the, 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 the pace that Haaland has on top of being strong. Yeah, if you have players, and with all due respect, I'm going to name them, uh, Diane Dublin, for example, or, or uh, Keane at Sunderland, yeah, you know that those guys don't really move. They are not fast, but they're strong. So you, you look for those kind of players because it's easier to, to cop than uh, Tony Cotty, or it could be uh, um, uh, Owen, for example. That, that's going to be hard to catch. Uh, but Alan has the, the pace that uh, the others don't have. And, and the fact that you play, that Manchester City plays away from home, he will have space behind Saliba and, uh, and Gabriel. So I think it's more dangerous for me to have Haaland than Alvarez for a game that City is going to play away from home. Leno, you mentioned, obviously, it being at Arsenal. How do the fans, because the, the fans are going to be nervous. They know what's at stake. They know how big this game is. And so much they want to support their team. Does that kind of come through to the players on the pitch? Um, I think from an Arsenal perspective, there will be a sense of nervousness. But I think overall, the way that they play at home, they, did, they do give the fans something to be excited by. I think, as we've seen throughout the last few weeks, you know, they start with a very aggressive press to try and take the ball away from the opposition, try and create overloads really quickly, have their wingers flying at the team. So even though you could have a sense of anxiety, there's also that sense of comfort because, you know, your team's on the front foot. They're doing something that you've seen before and you know that they'll create opportunities. Like, it's a weird day if Arsenal don't do that. And I think for this game itself, Arteta will try and get the team ready and he'll know the importance of starting with a great tempo. And I think if City are anywhere even further away from their best, then I think they'll be in trouble. So I think the fans, they might be nervous, but the way City have been so far this season, I can't see City dominating the game. I think Arsenal have, got more, have shown more of that in recent months. And as a consequence, I think City in some ways will enter the game and try and manage it. Whereas for Arsenal, they're going to go for it. And I think when your team's going for it as a fan... I think you feel more comfortable with that, whereas I don't think City are in a spot where they can do that because I think they'll just be picked apart and ultimately lose a very important game. And we've got two more days to look ahead to this game, so we won't spend too much time on it now, but we will confirm uh, the PGML statement uh, after, of course, the uh, Brentford goal stood when it shouldn't. However, they forgot to check offside. This is a statement. PGML can confirm its chief refereeing officer, Howard Webb, has contacted both Arsenal and Brighton to acknowledge and explain the significant errors in the VAR process in their respective Premier League fixtures on Saturday. 
both incidents, which were due to human error and related to the analysis of offside situations, are being thoroughly reviewed by the BGMOL. Nadam, it's, it's something to make a mistake, isn't it, with regards to judgment? But it's a whole nother thing just to forget to do your job. <laughs> uh, yeah, you could definitely say that. But to try and, I watched the show yesterday, but to put a more positive spin upon it, I think it's an interesting point that Howard Webb is now trying to front this up to acknowledge the fact that they've made a mistake. Because I think in times gone by, they'd make a mistake and it'd disappear and there's no accountability. And from a sort of um, stakeholder perspective, you watch the game and you're like, well, how could they do this? Well, it's, it's human error, as was the case with Sidlow and his microphone. It's human error. You know, they're making mistakes and we, we accept, well, we don't accept the referees make mistakes. It's a tough job. But I'm glad that they're showing that this is what it is because it's the first time in a while that somebody associated with a referee is criticising another referee as such. So I think for them, they understand that the bar is far higher. This is unacceptable because with the video, you've got every chance to try and get the decision right. The man in the middle can make mistakes. The assistant referees can make mistakes. But that person in that booth, they've got to be shooting nearly 100% from an accuracy standpoint. But it just goes to show, you know, this is it. Whilst humans are involved, this is the way it will be. And at times, you know, that sort of like perceptual blindness can exist. As was the case last week with the Casemiro thing where they're so focused on him. They don't see the cat fighting behind him was the case again today when he's trying to focus on two, three things and miss something, which feels really obvious to us. But maybe that's because we don't have to go through the processes that they do. But at least they're being open, at least they're being honest. And obviously the apology counts for nothing as such for, for Arsenal and for Brighton. But it's a start in terms of mending that relationship between referees and other stakeholders within football. Oh, what a nice guy. Oh, what a nice guy Nadem <laughs> is, Frank. Boo! 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 Because I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna be that diplomatic. I tell you, uh, we, I mean, they created VAR to avoid uh, or to minimize uh, human errors, and uh, and or to to avoid complete human errors where you have that, and in many in in, in many ways, in that specific action, you are two obstructions, two offsides. I think the guy in the booth, either he was. Nowhere near it. Maybe he was sleeping. I don't know what he did. But that guy has to be, or those guys, have to be fired because he didn't do that job. Mm. Yes, a referee, a referee can, be, can do mistakes. Yes, linesmen can do mistakes because they have to take a decision. Those guys in the booth have no, uh, they cannot make any mistake. I don't find anything to say, but get out. Get out, because it's obvious. And we're going to talk about Chelsea maybe after, you know, with a fantastic save from Suchek. I mean, you have to be completely blind to not see that there are two blocks on the players, Arsenal players, and you have two offside. And that's your job, as you said, uh, Daniel, and the guy, the, those guys have to get out because they don't serve football properly. How do you deal with it from a player's perspective, Steve, and a coach's perspective? Unfortunately, there's a lot of games. So you have to move on. So you right. kind of get shoved into forgetting about it. Right. And you certainly, as a coach, don't want to hear... You don't want to go walking past the dressing room and hear people complaining about it, really, because you want them to forget about it and move on. I'd just like to say, though, I'm going to hear them. I think, I think at last you've got somebody with some strength, a character in charge, who's not afraid to turn around and say, we got this completely wrong. I mean, what a, what a breath of fresh air that is. Because previously, right. the whole thing would have been brushed under the carpet. Yeah. And because there are so many games, by the time the next set come around, then they think they're in the clear. Right. Now, now they, they apologise for that. They acknowledge that. Yep. 
they didn't acknowledge mm. the error in the Chelsea game, which oh. you brought up, Frank, because that wasn't oh. human <laughs> error in the sense that they did look at it. They just decided <laughs> that it wasn't handball. <laughs> I mean, oh, but that, that's really funny because I think, I think Chelsea Football Club said that uh, Suchek could uh, be named as uh, the best goalkeeper this season for yep. the best save. And yes. that's obvious. And I, I'm, not, I'm not hammering the ref because maybe the ref didn't see it. And again, if you're in the booth, everybody saw that. In France, they were laughing at it. Oh. They say that's the only thing we can see. That's the kind of thing they are, they are laughing about the Premier League. How come you cannot see that? You have to be blind. <laughs> or maybe drunk, I don't know, or maybe <laughs> sleeping, but it's not possible. Get out! Get out! Get some professional play, people, you know, to do the job. We love the left. I don't know. The yeah, maybe there is nobody left, yeah. Uh, let's go to Mr. Sunshine. Yeah, How can you turn this into a positive thing, Nadam? Uh, well, overall, I think we have to say it was a good save. It was a good save and a key part of the game. So as a consequence, it should be celebrated. There you go, there's the sunshine for you, Dad. There you go. You have a save of the season. You'd have, save A. You'd have been raging, wouldn't you? Absolutely. No, that's, that, that's... You take a fine after the game in the press conference for that. Right. Absolutely. Because you know that upstairs will pay for it. Uh, uh, hey, that's all right. But, hey, but you would have felt better if Howard Bed gets on the phone and tells you... Hey, Stevie, we got it wrong. Come on. No, too late. No, it's too yeah. late for that. By Sunday, by Sunday, you, you, Who you, cares? you get your brains back in order and you, you accept it. Uh, just, just one more thing. We discussed this yesterday. I don't want to go over it all again, but I just want to get Frank's view on Graham Potter being so measured after the game when such a big call is made. Like some of the Chelsea fans are saying they want to see some passion from him, as they have obviously seen from the likes of Mourinho and Conte in the past. Do you have any problem with this, Frank? Uh, yeah, I have in a way that, uh, I want, uh, as you, I want to see passion and I understand the fans that, uh, that they would love to see uh, Mr. Uh, Grand Potter, you know, getting really upset and, uh, and yelling at it. Well, I don't know if it will be useful, if it serves the football, if we changed something. I don't think so. But, you know, fighting for your clubs, you know, getting upset for your club is part, I think, of your job as a coach. And, and you work so hard, you know, he's such in a, in a bad position right now. And because of that decision or that non-decision, you draw instead of maybe winning. Get upset. Get human. Yeah, don't, don't, don't refrain of being upset because... It's part of the human, you know, being, you know, attitude. And, uh, yeah, I was very surprised that he was very calm and didn't say too much. Uh, I understand the fans, yeah. But, but Nadam, it clearly doesn't have, you know, it's, that's not within his personality. And so why does he need to go and act out and pretend that he's angry and raging and kicking things in the, in the dressing room when it's not him? It's not what's brought <laughs> him success in the past. Yeah, I think that's what Don said yesterday. I think he's obviously been a very good manager to this point. But, you know, when your team is struggling, you want to have someone on the sideline that sort of epitomizes what you are as a person. It's a disgrace that that wasn't given. It's a disgrace. And you're really riled up and angry. But whether you're angry or whether you're Graham Potter, like, it doesn't change anything. And I think for him, he's somebody, as, as uh, Don said yesterday, doesn't really like confrontation. And it's not to say he's a bad manager or a bad guy because he can still motivate a team in a certain way. But I think it'd probably look more weird to us if we saw him break out of his own character that he is now. If he was exceptionally rowdy yesterday, 
you would think to yourself, well, does this mean that Potter's now under pressure because he's gone against what he normally is? Mm. And I don't know, you know, he's, he's, he's going to be upset by it. Of course he is. But I just don't think we can get emotions out of somebody if, the, if that bit isn't there and hasn't been there. You know, then don't recruit somebody to sort of be able to manage the moment in the way that you want if it's not something that they believe in just anyway, anyway. I find it really strange. Even as calm and collected as he always seems to be, having sat on a touchline for 10 years and having felt like throwing myself off the stadium roof at times with some of the, <laughs> some of the decisions, I find it really strange that, considering all the things that have been going on at Chelsea, all the things that everybody's talking about, his head's on the chopping block, and then you get a decision like that against you, and you come out and you've got a poker face, and nobody really knows what's going on behind your eyes. I find that really strange. But that's just him, isn't it? That's just a, it, what you want him to act up. Absolutely, absolutely. You but know, who does that benefit? It benefits him in the end, right? Because listen, yeah. fans, media, all of these things matter. You know, when generally when managers get the sack, a lot of a lot of it is to do with the fans and the media are getting on them. They're piling on. So you have to do everything, even if it's not the most natural thing for you. Right. You've got to survive. So if you have to do something like that to survive, then you do it. The fact that he doesn't, I find really strange. More on Stevie's survival instinct on Extra Time. Nadam and Frank back with us. Uh, Ali as well uh, to answer your questions. Leeds Manchester United part two, of course 2-2 two -two at Old Trafford. At uh, Ellen Road it would be United who would take all at three points. Uh, the quality kind of shone through in the end. Nice ball from uh, Luke Shaw would find Marcus Rashford who, oh what a surprise, scored. Yeah, it's a fantastic ball from Luke Shaw who started the game at, at centre-back and Rashford who'd started wide, gets himself up the pipe and headers it home. Uh, Garnacha then off the bench. Makes it two. He's not lacking confidence. Gets him behind, uses the speed, opens up his body. You think he's going far post? No. Shuts that door, goes to the near post. I'm here to stay. You're nothing. Uh, United then taking all three points, winning by two goals to nil. Of course, for a moment, uh, they were above City in the table after City's victory against Philly. Uh, Villa. Uh, it's back to two points, the difference. But look at that now, seven clear of Spurs in fifth. Looking great for a Champions League spot. Um, I, I don't, what do we say about this game, Nathan? Because it kind of played out as probably you would expect. Leeds huffed and puffed and worked hard, but in the end, United are a better team. Yeah, I guess you could say that. I think you could see how hostile it was at the start. The, the fans were definitely up and United were making one or two errors and Leeds probably looked encouraged, but as is the case for Leeds, for, or at least it has been for the last couple of months and why you know Marsh ended up losing his job is they just weren't able to get across the line, weren't able to get those goals that would make a significant difference. And it was a shame for them because at times it felt like they did deserve more from the game. But if you're not going to be clinical, you'll get nothing. And then lo and behold, the guy, who would you expect to score for Manchester United on any given Saturday or Sunday? Of course, it's Marcus Rashford. It's a great goal. Shaw's playing well. And, you know, so interesting because I like the way that Ten Hag was able to sort of adjust his tactics in the game. You know, putting Marcus Rashford more through the middle really helps because who would have thought that Vegos would be dropping into the 10 and Rashford would be playing up higher? Yet still, that was the thing which made a difference. He was a great header. 
And in the end, this is Manchester United keeping it rolling. That's a very, very big win for them. And now, you know, they've got a big game against that mighty Barcelona side in the uh, Europa League. And, mm -hmm. you know, now they're approaching with great confidence after beating a very, very big rival. Well, if I mention I'm looking forward to that game. <laughs> Should be good, Stephen. Proper team, United. Yeah. I, I, I was more impressed with the manager today than anything else. I thought up until the 80th minute that yeah. he was getting away with it, to be honest. Mm. Because even if you look at the stats with the possession, there's no way I was putting money on Manchester United scoring two goals right. with, with 11 minutes to go. I'm sitting thinking, you know what? This is a point of peace. Leeds deserve more. And the fact is, Leeds will go down because they cannot score a goal. They don't have a... You know, they spent a lot of money under Jesse, but for a long time, they've been desperate for somebody to score goals. I don't think Bamford's a Premier League centre-forward in a million years. And so, they can't score goals. And so... The positive is Ten Hag made the changes and boy did they make a huge difference. And that's that's talent. You know, right. I guess he thought he could go and beat Leeds with the team he put out and then he changed it and won the game. So that's down to him big time. Go on, Frank. Yeah, no, no, that's uh, the main point for me because that was quite boring for like uh, an hour and 20 minutes. And Ten Hag just showed the world, I mean, so the, the people were watching the game, that he's a top coach that he understands the game, understands his player and knows exactly where to put them. Vekos playing on, as a nine and a half, you know, Garnacho, you know, playing on the left and Rashford coming in, the, in uh, at front as a nine was a, 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 a turning point. And uh, that's because of Ten Hag. Man of the match, Ten Hag, very good. Otherwise, nothing much to say. Uh, they were solid, Man United, but I, I was more going to a draw than anything else until he made that, uh, those changes. How cool must it be to be Marcus Rashford at the moment? Because mm. he must walk on the pitch for every game think, I'm going to score it. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that feeling, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I played a career filled with doubt. Look, it's... Uh, is, it, is, it, is it simple enough to say it's confidence? Well, confidence is... It, it kind of fills itself up all the time. So it's not like he stopped out on confidence in that tank because every game he shows up and scores another goal. So if you were high on confidence coming into the match and you continue to score, that, it only powers itself. It's, it's like recharging that battery of confidence and it's never ending. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that feeling, let, let me just say, and I, and I joke about it, but the few times over the course of my career in which you feel like that, that every time you step on the field, you know you're going to have an impact on the game. You know you're going to change the game, that you're going to be the key player for your team, and that when you see it happening, and it happens so very slowly in front of you, the picture moves so slow for you because you're able to react in a way that you're no longer thinking. Now it's just instinct. Now it's just, it comes natural. When you get to that, that's what people like to call, the psychologists like to call in the zone. Mm -hmm. He is very much in the yeah. zone. He is hot right now. He's not having to think. He's just reacting. Everything's coming naturally. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. We don't know how long it lasts, but it is beautiful place to be. And it's one place that you just don't want to let go of. You've you talked before about starting a season with Liverpool, where you were just scoring goals for fun. Well, you don't, it's it's the old saying about, you know, the best horses are the ones that don't think. Mm. That's what I've never heard that saying before. <laughs> oh, the, the best horses are the ones that don't think. They just, they just run. Right. And footballers are a bit the same. When you start thinking too much, yes. then, you, 
that all of a sudden the natural thing and yeah. all the stuff Ali was talking about there about the natural ability and it, it just happens. You just you don't think nothing is in your mind other than right. When am no, I going to score? It's not. It's not. Will I get a chance? Or I need to take a chance? Or it's when am I going to score today? Yeah. Because you just you just do it. You don't think. You just do it. Frank. No, it's not that you don't think. I think the people who have trouble is they think too much. That's the thing. But uh, Rashford is the perfect example of somebody knowing and thinking that he's going to come and he's going to score. So he's very patient. He doesn't great. He doesn't great crazy. He knows that at a certain point he will have the chance to score, and he and he will because he doesn't have to think about it because it's not it's natural and because he's patient. And that's crazy. You see that he's very calm, very 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 sure about his game, about his technique, what he runs, and he knows at a certain point it will come. There's just no that's doubt great. right now about Marcus Rashford. There's no doubt for him, but. Now, us watching, when he goes through on goal, yeah. we're expecting that he's going to score. Even today, when the goal got called offside, it wasn't an easy finish, and he made it look like it was nothing. That's how he's playing, that everything he's touching, he feels like it's going to be productive. What a great feeling that is. Yeah, Nate, a very easy guy to cheer for. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, kind of. Oh, yeah, yeah with your City one. ways. Um, oh, I forgot about City for a team. while. <laughs> Unless you're yeah, City or yeah. Liverpool <laughs> or Leeds <laughs> or Barcelona or Real Madrid. <laughs> or... <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think his finishing is obviously very, very good at this moment in time. It's been good in the past, but you can see from the confidence as he goes through, he's got the technique, he's got the idea of where he wants to put it. But I think what's really impressive for me is in this Man United side right now, like, he's been asked from his manager to go and stretch the game in behind. He's been asked to go and make his way into the box, get another far post, make runs to the near post. And the team that play around him, you know, they get it. Like, I think in times gone by, you were seeing him take shots from 30, 40 yards out because he believed that's how he was going to score his goals. And, you know, he does score some incredible goals from distance. But overall, there are key areas. He's getting himself in those danger areas. And for the players around him, they're putting the balls into the right spots. And lo and behold, Rashford is arriving there, knowing that he scored in the last three, four or five games. So all of a sudden, football probably, it never feels easy because you're always playing against good competition. But all of a sudden, when you get the opportunity, it's always something that's a bit closer and something where you know you can score those goals. And obviously, that's me speaking from experience, because as we all know, I scored a ton of goals, didn't I, Dan? Uh, yes, yes. We just got that one against Chelsea on loop. That's it. Uh, Nadem, thank you very much. Uh, as always, Nadem, yeah. we'll be back for extra time later on in the show. As Stevie said, it leads in trouble. Uh, one point clear of the relegation zone. Everton have a game in hand, which is, of course, on Monday when they take on Ooh, Liverpool. Oh, Carabao Cup final then coming up, Manchester United against Newcastle. What a cracking game that should be at Wembley. Live and exclusive on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, coverage starts at 11.30 Eastern. Champions League hey. returns this week. Knockout stages some cracking ties, including on Valentine's Day. PSG against Bayern Munich. Bayern favourites to advance to the next round. You look at PSG's recent form, it's been rubbish. Uh, they've only won two of their last five games, uh, losing the last two matches back-to-back. Uh, they've been struggling, of course, for personnel. Bayern, meanwhile, just turned a corner, haven't they, slightly? Uh, looking much better uh, than they did when they started the calendar year. Frank, obviously the big talking point going into this is the fitness of PSG's key players, Kylian Mbappe and Lionel Messi. We didn't think either would feature in the first leg. Suggestions now that both could. 
Well, yeah. Um, I mean, I was pretty optimistic about uh, Lionel Messi and uh, and the medical staff of Paris Saint-Germain too. Um, and I always say that I doubt that, um, uh, like Mr. Nigel Mann, that uh, that um, Kylian wouldn't be part of it. I was pretty optimistic too, and uh, I, I think it's a very good thing. I mean, Kylian Mbappe has to play. I mean, the, the the team is so different when he's not there. Is the team is so predictable when he's not there? And uh, and uh, we talked about uh, uh, sorry on your day off, Daniel, uh, about uh, Paris Saint Germain against Monaco, and I said. It's a very good team, Monaco. And if they don't win, they're going to start. We're going to start to see a big mess inside the dressing room. And it's what's going on. And that's the thing about, about Paris Saint-Germain. We talk about Real Madrid, the institution, how they, how they cope with each other, how the club is bigger than the players. And you see the completely opposite with Paris Saint-Germain. And uh, one or two defeats and uh, it's becoming a kind of a riot. So good luck to Christophe Galtier and hopefully they're going to get a result on the first leg against Bayern. Otherwise, it's going to be a hard end of season. Uh, Frank, you're not with us tomorrow. We'll be looking ahead to this game in some more details. Let's get your prediction. Uh, if Mbappe plays and Messi plays, uh, I go for 2-1 for Paris Saint-Germain. Oh, mm. Ali, you're not here either, are you, tomorrow? No, I am not. What's your prediction? Best case scenario for PSG is actually minimizing the damage. I'm going to say 1-1 just because... 1-1. And that's, that's as best as I can do for PSG at this point. There's no reason to trust this team right now. Stevie is with us tomorrow, so oh. we'll have to wait oh, 24 hours. How are we going to sleep tonight uh, before Stevie's uh, <laughs> prediction? Uh, thank you very much to Frank. Here that is then uh, the fixture. So we've got obviously four games this week. PSG Bayern, Milan Spurs, Bruges Benfica, Borussia Dortmund against Chelsea. And then next week, Liverpool Real Madrid, Frankfurt Napoli, Leipzig against City. And it's Inter who take on Porto. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Barca then clear at the top of the table by 11 points over Real Madrid after their victory against Villarreal. Gemma caught up with Chapman. 
Uh, yes, with uh, Xavi Hernandez after this win, this was probably the, the toughest away game you had left so far. Do you have the feeling that you did a, a really big step towards La Liga? Well, it's a big step, but just three points. Uh, it's missing uh, a lot of games, so we need to continue because we are we are doing very well, especially in the last in the last game. So I'm very happy, satisfied with the performance, uh, with intensity in a difficult stadium because they play really well. They play exactly that uh, what we want in the on the pitch. But uh, really, really big win today. Uh, a good rhythm. We we could have scored more, much more goals in the last pass. Uh, we we didn't do well, but at the end, three points very, very important for the team. Uh, especially in the first half, the, the work that your team does without the ball was almost uh, perfect. Uh, the high pressure, the recoveries, for example, Conde for, for the goal. Is, is that kind of uh, work without the ball is what you are looking for for the 90 minutes? Yes, with the, this intensity, uh, we are recovering uh, many, many balls in the, in the opponent field, in the high pressure, in the press on lost. Uh, very good. The team, I'm, I'm really satisfied because uh, we are working so hard, uh, starting with, with Robert, with Gavi, with Rafinha, all the, the, the midfielders, the defensive line very high, and Mark, Mark Ter Stegen is in a good moment, so yes, uh, we, are, we are very happy with, with this uh, teamwork. You have Man United ahead of you on, on Thursday, that this team has had many traumas in Europe. Uh, what do you need to do? Well, compete, compete well. That uh, we are doing so well in the local competitions, but now we we need to show our our best level in in Europe. Difficult, difficult game, difficult uh, draw, but uh, let's let's compete. Let's see. The bookies have Barcelona as favourites to mm. so advance the next round of the Europa League. Seven to four on Manchester United, five to four. Looking forward to it, Steve. It should be a. Hey, you look forward to it. Yeah, it should be. A, Never done one. It should be a good game. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, four games for you in Serie A. Napoli continued their fine run with a 3-0 victory over Cremonense. Juve beat Fiorentina 1-0. Monza beat Bologna 1-0. And Udinese in Sassuolo played out a 2-2 draw. Napoli are loving life. Absolutely at the moment. Look at that. 60 it's over. points clear at the top of the table looking for their first title since 1990. You don't want to bet, do you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Gab is in Philadelphia to watch uh, the Super Bowl with his Eagles friends. So it will be Don coming in with Jules who will sit in the big seat as Don waffles on about Napoli being the best team. And Nossiman, of course. Yes, of course. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 
Meanwhile, tomorrow it is Liverpool against Everton. Everybody is going for a Liverpool victory bar myself. Mm. I think it's going to be a draw uh, to Anfield. Uh, let's see how it all plays out, Steve. How are you oh. feeling ahead of this? Normally you're very confident going into Merseyside. Not at all. Derbies. Oh. Not confident at all. Oh, no. Not at all. Oh. What have I got to be confident about? I don't know. I, I don't no, know exactly. You need I don't to get, either. You get the horse not to think. Yes. What is the saying again? The best horses are the ones that don't think. There right. we go. Perfect. Uh, they just run. That brings us to the end of today's show. Thank you very much to everyone who's been on. Go. Stay tuned, though. Extra time <laughs> is next. Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. Thank you very much for your questions. Ali and Stevie here in the studio. Nadem and Frank are on the main show, of course, with us. But then there's quite a big gap where we're showing lots of highlights. How do you deal with that, Nadem? Is that just frustrating that we're going from Portugal to Mexico? No, no, no. I think it's a good show. So at times I like to watch, but for some reason I couldn't see the screen today. But oh. yeah, normally it's a top show and everyone that's tuned in now should go and listen to the main thing and watch the main thing as well. Yeah. Oh, there Happy you are. Days. Beautiful. Nice Company promo. Man. Frank, you're thinking, oh, it's midnight. I just want to go to bed. I don't want to see this Rangers game. <laughs> No, no, especially the Rangers game was very interesting to see how yeah. fair play the Scottish can be. Yes. And I, I, I appreciated that. And uh, I like to see nice goals. So I saw two wonderful shots in the top corner uh, from your highlights. So now I'm delighted to oh, see that. That's beautiful. Oh, see, beautiful. See the positive energy. Yeah. I know. We are, what, 30 minutes away from the Super Bowl. Will you be making an appearance at halftime against Stephen, as you've done in the past? So. No, myself and John Barnes haven't been asked. Uh, just just oh. tell us the story for people who don't know it. Well, years ago, I think it was down in Florida the game. Right. Uh, anyway, I was there with my son, and I got a call on my phone. Somebody must have seen me walking into the stadium. Yeah. And John Barnes was working for Channel Four. Okay. And they called me and asked me if I want to go up at half time and talk about the game. Wow. Did you break it down? Oh my goodness. Me and Barnesy talking about the game, talking about. <sighs> Talking about quarterbacks and... Brilliant. Oh, my goodness. Had there been a couple of beverages? More than a couple yes. of <laughs> I thought there might be. More so, than a couple. So how was your analysis? <laughs> was it something? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so many. Uh, Nadine, will you stay up and watch it? Uh, yeah, I probably will do, yeah. I probably will do. It's one, it's once a year. Might as well stay up there. Eh? Well, you don't sound that enthusiastic <laughs> yeah. about it, yes, <laughs> Frank, you won't, will you? No, no chance. We'll go to bed. No, no, I didn't even know it was uh, tonight. The <laughs> there Super we go. Ball, so. Perfect. <laughs> so oh, you are. I'm going to bed. Um, everyone, I imagine, is going against the Eagles because of Gav. Oh, yeah, the Gav factor is very strong. Uh, oh, you're supporting the Eagles? I'm supporting the Eagles. That's where your boy is, isn't it? Yeah. 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 There we go. Yeah. Who will you be supporting, Adam? Uh, I think it'd have to be Eagles. I've got more friends that support Eagles than I do the Chiefs, so yeah, I think I'm oh. leaning that way, including Gab, yeah. Oh, well, is, oh, is Gab geez. included as a friend? There, there, there oh. you go. Not that's, a colleague. That's the first problem right there. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Nadem, why do you think Eric Ten Hag is succeeding where David Moyes, Jose Mourinho, Oli and Ralph Ranić didn't? What is he doing differently that is pushing almost the same players under the other managers to this new level? I think he, for me, he's got a different sort of like set of standards and he really believes in them. He's obviously had success with Ajax and you can see the way that United play isn't a million miles away, but then it also does help to have Casemiro and Eriksen in your midfield. So I think he's making those little changes, but a style of play is definitely there. And he's probably the only manager in that time that could have handled that Ronaldo situation the way that it went. He decided, you know, this guy isn't good for us, so I'm not going to play him week in, week out. 
and I'm going to stand by that and lo and behold, as mad as it may be, one of the best players to ever play the game has left the club and now they're doing better. So I think I understand his role, I understand his standards, the players understand it and it's got that feeling, it's just in the air like almost like Man United are back and I'll be honest, I don't love it, mm. but it's definitely there. Uh, between Eddie Howe and Ten Hag, do you believe whichever team finishes higher, Stephen, in the table, that coach deserves to be coach of the year? Um, well, if they finish fifth and sixth, then no. Right. But what if they finish third and fourth? This is a really difficult one because what Eddie Howe's done is, is incredible. Mm. What Ten Hag's done is incredible as well because he's taken such a big team who everybody was was hoping they would cave in, were delighted to see them struggling. Well, I don't know. All the pressures were Ronaldo being there. So you're not, not helping with the anti-Manchester yeah. United rhetoric. I think you, you were delighted. I think <laughs> no, you were delighted. Listen, just got to call it how it is. There's a, there's a lot of. There's a lot of supporters around the country who were glad to see them struggling. Right. It's just a fact. OK. But the fact that he's turned them round the way he has done is incredible as well. So, so, so they've got to be... If they're, if they're in the top four, then the deciding factor would be who finishes higher. Isn't but, it Arteta? Isn't Arteta manager of the year? Yeah, but the question is between Eddie Howe and Ten Hag. Yeah, that's the question. They're defining it between... <laughs> Again, if you want an argument, Arteta's been... This is his third year. Well, yes. Eddie Howe's been there two seconds. Well, he hasn't been there two seconds. So you're being smart. Are you well, trying to... Oh, no, but, but Arteta has exceed, ex, exceeded first all, season, all, all, all season, expectations. It's, first, it's Eddie Howe's first season with Newcastle, right? And he's not... He hasn't bought a superstar. He doesn't have a superstar on his team. Right. They're all they're all really really good players. Okay. I mean, did Arsenal have a superstar? They've got some superstars. Now you tell me, Saka's not a superstar now. Yes, but they didn't buy him, did they? It doesn't matter. But, it, it, but he's been coached. Yeah. Well, what do you think Eddie Howe's been doing? Well, I know that, but I think to just completely dis disregard what Arteta's I'm not, done because... I'm not disregarding Arteta at all. I'm answering the question. Yeah, okay. yeah. I just threw in a little caveat for you. <laughs> Arteta's had three years. OK, so he doesn't deserve Manager of the Year, yeah. regardless, because he's been there longer. Dan Thomas says he doesn't deserve <laughs> Stevie, Manager of the don't Year. Don't listen to him. The question was Eddie Howe <laughs> and Hag. Don't, don't listen to don't him. Worry, don't engage I'm with him. I'm actually installing to come to a decision. Because okay. <laughs> I don't like not... Making a decision. Okay. All right. So all I'm doing is using his nonsense to stall and right. figure it out. Okay. And I agree if I agree with the question uh, or the statement that uh, that is in the question. Right. What's Go on, read it. Come on, the statements in it. Tell me what it is. Do you ever whichever team finishes higher? Right. 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 That's your. What if, if Newcastle beat United in the Carabao Cup final? Ooh. No, it's a bit. It's a bit of Premier League. As far as oh, okay, all right, okay, that's all right then. Uh, oh, Frank. Now that we know Mbappe and Messi will most likely be in the starting eleven against Bayern. Surprise, surprise. Is it unprofessional from PSG to release fake injury news <laughs> just to misguide their opponent? No, unprofessional, no. They have the right to do whatever they want, but it didn't work, you know. <laughs> Nigel Sman is, uh, is uh, every time saying that he doesn't believe what they did. And uh, 
and uh, neither, uh, neither do I because, because I never believed that uh, on the specific action Mbappe was really injured. So uh, they have the right to do whatever they want. I don't even know if it works. I think opponents don't really care if Mbappé plays or not and they have a second plan, second option. Yeah, it's going to be easier. Well, let's say should be easier without Mbappé uh, for, um, for Bayern Munich. But they have to cope with, uh, with somebody else and uh, they don't really care. They just answer to questions. I think that German just answer to questions. Yeah, I don't believe Mbappé is going to be injured. But if he is, I'm going to have a, have a second option. So it doesn't really matter, in fact. Yeah. Uh, I think I think MLS you you can't do that. It's against the law. You remember that? Yeah, you have to put out a. You have to, you have to be honest. Sort of statement. You can't be clever and say, oh no, he's not playing. Right. And then all of a sudden he turns up and scores a hat trick and oh. runs ten mile on the clock. Wow. Yeah. I'm oh, so sure. he cannot he, can, he can have a, a better. He can have a faster a faster uh, uh, recovery. It's not possible that you plan to have three weeks somebody injured and yeah. suddenly it's only two weeks. And because it's not nice, he cannot come back. What <laughs> kind of stupid law that is? No, no, no. No, 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 no. Frank, Frank, it's within reason. Yeah, no. Is it a couple of days before the yes, game? Please shoot the messenger. Yes. It's, it's, it's two days before the game, not three weeks. Yes. It's an injury report. Right. You, you put it out, and and it's oh, not okay. only it's not only for it's not only for the other teams. It's also for media covering the game. Oh. It's we're taking everybody into consideration, oh. not just Frank. Oh. I like you call his thing oh, stupid. Oh yeah. Okay. Skullduggery. There's no skullduggery in MLS. Oh, okay. Uh, no, okay. <laughs> Stevie, I need, can't believe what I heard. Need some advice. Who would you captain in your fantasy team for the remainder of the season? Mares or Rashford? Who's going to get more goal contributions? Is basically what the question is asking. You can't go against Rashford, can you, right now? No. Go Rashford. There we go then. Yeah. Rashford. All right. Beautiful. Yeah. Very good. I can't believe that can't you miss. add the fantasy question to Stevie. Can't well, miss. It, 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 Mr. Wilson, oh, it's oh, Stevie's oh, love, reaction. Love a bit of fantasy. <laughs> uh, Nadam, in the light of the PGMOL issuing apology to Brighton Master, what else needs to be done in the future to prevent these errors from VAR? Should the referee making the call be fined, or should the VAR ref give a live commentary to make the decision transparent in real time? Frank wants everyone sacked. Uh, we know that from the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what improvements would you like to see? Uh, I don't see the value in the live commentary because you still don't have any control of it whatsoever. So he could be saying something which yeah. is completely off the wall, but you'd just be frustrated. It's like, oh, what's he doing? What's he doing? But it still made the decision anyway. I think for me, you know, they've, they've made mistakes and I'm sure that Lee Mason might not be seen anywhere near our TV screens or in the Premier League games for a little while. And as would be the case with the other referee, but that's that's the way it has been for a very long time. You know, I think just because we don't focus on any particular individual doesn't mean that they're not being punished. And I think now that Howard Webb has basically called out those two video assistants specifically, I think it'd be very unlikely that we'll see them for a little while now. And that's part of the process. I'm sure they know and understand that. And when they come back, they know the pressure's going to be on them because it's probably going to be a case of another mistake like that again. And before you know it, your tear might drop down to one which you were. Uh, Never thought you'd go back to. I have a question about oh. this particular sequence of events. When we watch, whether it's the World Cup or La Liga, and they are actually announcing who the referees are going to be, and they cut to the VAR official, yes. it's not just one person in there. No. It seems to be a whole squad of yeah, people we need there. To work the computer. Well, regardless, we're focusing on Lee Mason. 
But what about the other people that are there? But Lee Mason is your man. Well, of course, he is the yeah, one at the forefront. Yeah. But I'm, I'm saying, if we're going to make it transparent, then put out everybody who was there, everybody yeah. who's at fault. Oh. Because it, it's easy to kind of yeah. parade Lee Mason out there and say, well, <laughs> this guy don't know what he's doing. Right. What about the other four officials that are right there in, in, in the VAR that are also part of this decision-making process and that are supposed to present all this information? Yeah. Uh, if we're going to be transparent, let, let's be fully transparent. I, I've got some bad news for you. What's that? Apparently yeah, that's what Mark Plattenberg was telling Pete, our producer, today. So you're on the same page as Mark. So I agree with Mark? Yeah. Is that what I'm yeah. saying? Okay, well, I withdraw that observation. <laughs> I'm sorry about I that. I am sorry, world, that I agree with Mark Clattenburg. Nadam, if Graham Potter is sacked as Chelsea manager, will an Englishman ever be hired as a top six manager again? Oh, dear. <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, wow, that, that seems like somewhat of an overreaction. But, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure they will. Pretty sure they will. But it might just knock them back a little bit. We yeah. used to say that might not necessarily bounce back and be... Manager of another top six side further down the road. But yeah, he'll be, he'll be fine. English footballs, it's in a great spot with all the English managers right there at the top. Yeah, <laughs> they're doing fine. Uh, Frank, you said Todd Bowley had to consult you for future Chelsea transfers. So what are your thoughts on Ivan Tony and Osserman links in the summer? Frank, you made quite a stir with your comments and Todd Bowley liking them and all that. It's very Have exciting. you seen that? Well, yes, you sent it I'm to me. I'm finally of I saw famous. That. You sent it to me. How was I supposed to miss <laughs> <Yeah>. it? <laughs> <laughs> so hold on, I'm gonna say I wanted uh, uh, Tony and and who? Osman, he plays for Napoli. Osman, Osman for sure. Yeah, I there still have some, some question mark about Tony, uh, but Osman for sure. I saw him playing for Lille. He was completely unknown, and this on first day impressed me. Went to uh, went o away from uh, from Lille and played very well from uh, Napoli. So. Uh, I, I think Aussie Man is the man, yeah. There we go. Beautiful. Are you going to the PSG game this week, Frank? Uh, no, because I have to work for you after, so I don't have the time for that. So. Oh, okay. No, there no, you go. No, good, I'm not going. Good priorities. Wow. Uh, who should be the next Leeds manager? Leeds and Southampton manager. Of course, Southampton sat their manager today. Surely Stevie should try and put his name in the hat. <laughs> oh, Stevie would like that. Oh, yeah. Do you know what? When you take a job, you've got to see some light at the end of the tunnel. Okay. And if you look at it rationally, yes, you've got to win some games, <coughs> right? It's no good getting points, like one point at a time. Okay. Really. So how are they going to score a goal? I don't see who the. Uh, some of them's not going to score. Right. Alison's not going to score. Oh, what if there's a big bag of money at the end of the tunnel? Well, <laughs> the transfer window's shut. No, for you. I oh, know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. As manager, mm -hmm. well, it could be 16 big bags of money, but if you don't get, you're not going to. No, they want to know. Games. No, they want to know. Would you go and take charge? Would you? Would I? Yes, that was the question. Would. There you go. Perfect. Yeah, because yeah, unless there's a big bag of money. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the light. He's seen the light. He has seen the light. Right, I'll tell you, yeah, we'll give you, we'll give you 40 quid for doing it. Money talks. Oh. How about 400? Okay. That'd be the greatest day ever if Stevie got oh. hired as a Premier League manager. We would kill you every day. <laughs> it would be magnificent. It would just be a normal day then. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got to do the post-match interview. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. No, no, I don't want you. I want Nadam to do it. Yeah, no, Nadam. So I can go. I don't know whether you played, but uh, I don't know whether you played. But... <laughs>
very good. Uh, that is it. Enjoy the Super Bowl, everyone. We will be back tomorrow. What, what do you say? Well, Predictions. Oh, no, no one cares about predictions for the Super Bowl, Pete. It's fine. All right, we'll be back tomorrow for more. Um, to look ahead to the Champions League, plus reflect on the Merseyside derby. Stevie's going to get red. Hey, hey. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 